Right up in the wing, Cousins rips in over the line. Cousins around behind the net. Dropped it off in the corner. It comes back to the point. Held in there by Buffalo. Oposo will rip a shot. Score! season with the first Buffalo Sabres goal on the power play. Trickles into the corner. Miller gets it back again. He wants to wind up and let another one rip. He scores! Somebody in front of the net got a piece of it, I think, but in one case or another, the Buffalo Sabres are finding themselves on the goal by Sambius Kiergensen's with a 2-0 lead. Thompson Got it back to the point. Kept in by Buffalo. Still a man advantage on the power play. Worked into the corner. Scores! That one was fired into the net. Olofsson, he found room. He wrinkled it home. And Buffalo on the power play again has a two-goal lead. Trying to get it out in front of the net again. Canadians kept it in. There's a shot. That gets blocked in front of the net and blocked again. And then finally kick free. And the lumber is walking in behind the play between Josh Anderson. Well, they let him go. As Buffalo comes down the ice and scores anyway. There's too many things going on. It's like a circus. A three red wing circus. <laughs> Olofsson, he doesn't shoot. Cleared it into the corner. Skinner cleared it across ice. Back it comes to Olofsson. Dalene Olofsson fires one off the leg. Another shot. He scores. Cage Thompson. Another power play goal for Buffalo. 5-1. As the clock is winding its way down. Bingo. Buffalo 5-1. Turn it up. How's it going, everybody? Luke and Joe back with you again for a, another episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast. In season, baby. The second show of um, our uh, podcast season, but the Sabres are one game into their professional hockey season, and we are happy to be with you. Second episode of this uh, sixth volume if you will in the anthology of the charging buffalo podcast here on the charging buffalo podcast network you can check out plenty of the shows that are available now from all the contributors to the charging buffalo and before we begin of course want to give a quick shout out to new sponsor of the podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports for cash prizes you want to win some hockey or want to win some money watching hockey i should say oh boy joe we're we're on through this let me try that again want to win some money watching hockey pick over or under on your favorite or least favorite maybe rasmus ristoline and huh, am i right player stats and you can win up to 20 time 20 times the money in a single night Head to underdogfantasy.com or download their app from the App Store or Google Play Store if you have Android, and you'll get $10 free when you sign up and make your first $10 deposit with the promo code TCB. That's, again, the promo code TCB. If you want to hear it a third time, just rewind. Uh, I'll probably, I'll check it out. I'll download that when 
we get home. I'm and, going uh, to as well. Yeah, I'm excited. So, uh, I'm I've been getting in thanks to uh, the great and powerful DJ Mitchell, Charge Buffalo uh, contributor, fantasy guru. Fantasy guru. Uh, I have gotten into the the DFS lifestyle. So I uh, I'll check this out. DK Mitchell, DraftKings Mitchell. That's right, DK Mitchell. I don't know if was I the first person. I, I believe so. I think, I think you I, said it the last episode. I believe I had said that to him in um, one of our episodes. So, or no, in one, one of our DMs. The what am I saying? Yeah. So close enough. Anywho, uh, yeah, lots of exciting stuff happening. Uh, not only for in charge Buffalo, but uh, also pretty exciting uh first game of the season pretty exciting home opener oh yeah i what decided to go uh tickets were around 30 dollars, so i'm like okay why not I, let's just That's see good have. let's see what this experience is like i wanted to see the emptiness of it because i had a feeling it'd be pretty empty and the game started and i was like okay maybe maybe the people will start trickling in but i've been to my fair share of home openers the last three or four years never has been anything like that like people like to be in their seats for the introductions like that's like for me at least one of the the best parts about going to the home opener and they just never came (laughs) and but really the Sabres looked really really good like surprisingly good to start this game and they're veteran players I'm talking about Oposo, Eakin, Skinner even like all of them played very well and it's encouraging to see their young players all looked pretty good too. Cousins despite being left off the score sheet he had a pretty strong game in my opinion. Darlene looked really good as well uh, really confident with the puck he turned a couple of guys inside out there. Uh, Shane the middle stat got hurt him and Yoki Haru are going to be out for at least a couple of weeks so I wonder what happens there if they call anyone up well our two roots line and hopefully get in the lineup but yeah it's encouraging to see the veterans have a pulse because oposo i don't think i've ever seen this man play like that since his first year here and that like he looked fast he did look genuinely he fast quick too he looked quick i think as well there was one there was one play that got me really excited the gergensen's oposo and eakin line was out there and they were just forechecking and, like, putting their nose to the grindstone. And, like, part of me was like, wow. Like, are they going to surprise people this year? And I like to play devil's advocate sometimes and think, oh, maybe they'll maybe they'll be okay. They can't be bad forever. You'll accidentally stumble into a good season eventually. And I, I was thinking the whole game, I don't want to get there just yet. I hope... I hope they're good. I really want them to be good, but at of this course. point, I'm not that opt. I'm not there yet. But I, I want. I'm not at the point where I'm just hoping for them to pick in the top five and stockpile good young players. I, it'd be nice if they were good. I, I'm not at that point where you're going to hear me be quite positive on this episode. But I'm not at the point where I'm going to crown them just yet. Uh, I'm expecting game test. Right, this is a yearly thing. That's right. Well, uh, I mean, listen, it's you can be fun and bad at the same time. Oh, if they're if they play like that and they finish in the bottom ten, that's a successful season, in my opinion. Uh, Of course, one game was fun, and I mean, it looked a heck of a lot like the end of last season where. 
they were competitive and in games and um, generating some uh, uh, quite a bit of quite a few scoring chances. The young guys were getting going, and we saw that uh, last night, which is promising to me. And they didn't win all those games last year. I don't know what they went down the stretch, but those games were certainly more competitive, better than the Kruger era. And you you saw growth within the young guys. If we can get a whole season of that, I'm fine. Uh, there's not that expectation to win anymore and I think that's going to make it more uh entertaining in some ways but These guys look like they're playing with a chip on their shoulder mm-hmm. I know Granado says that they're not but they they look like they're out here to prove something because everyone everyone has them finishing in the bottom two in some capacity mm-hmm. it's either Buffalo or Arizona and, you know, I'm one of those people. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be as bad as Arizona. They got throttled 8-2. to two. We'll talk about that later. But Well, uh, I, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but I wanted to just – I have Kyle Opozo wrote a letter to the fans on the Sabres website. I just want to use this reference here. But two things that he points out, uh, he says, number one, we are going to work. You should see our effort every single night. And number two – we are going to play a brand of hockey that's exciting to watch. Hopefully, we showed that last night, and I believe it. And if they we did. see more of that, you don't have to win every night. You don't have to. Uh, that's I don't think that's what the fan base is expecting. All we're expecting is that these guys go out there and they care and they try to play. And uh, quite frankly, I think all most of us care about is that it's more entertaining than the last eight years or so of hockey, mm-hmm. where it's been the kind of playing not to lose in a way. The Sabres didn't look like they were playing oh, not yeah. to lose. There was no turtling. You know me talking about how they, they turtle into their shell. Um, Even in the and, third period, like, they step back a little bit. but Well, I they scored call, in I wouldn't the third, call it turtling. I'm pretty but, sure they scored in the third period, though. Yeah, uh, the Thompson goal. Right, but um, point being, they were still attacking. They, uh, they, they weren't playing strictly defensive hockey, so... Uh, I, I, I'm. It's very promising that they, the team, did in fact carry over what we saw at the end of last season uh, into last night. And from what one of the assistant captains on the team now is saying, they fully intend on uh, mm. keeping that pace. It really makes you wonder how much. I mean, aside from what we we saw on the screen, uh, how much they were held back by uh, the coach. The previous coach. Yeah. Well, the coach, the coach is a big, a big, big, big upgrade. Clearly, I think we're we're gonna see how bad Ralph Kruger and Phil Housley were. Clearly, it's, it's very evident. Uh, Don Granado, his, his personality is contagious. Uh, he he's very fun to listen. You want to listen to him. He doesn't give you boring answers. He he tells you the facts mm-hmm. post game. Uh clearly he knows how to motivate these guys. I don't know what he's telling them, but I'm willing to wager that part of it has to be uh forget about the crap you learned from the guys that were here before. They they did it the wrong way. I might have been on the staff. You have to believe he's doing a little bit of uh you guys have not been used to your full potential. You know, have fun out there. Forget what you forget everything you knew about the current dish towel you have. The equivalent of that is what he's uh, telling them. He's giving them an infomercial. They 
like I said before, they're playing with a chip on their shoulder. I think you tweeted out yesterday. Like, it's like the screw you will do without you mentality. They are playing with the the screw you will do it without you uh, energy, like you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, mentality. Yes, I uh, substitute a word there for screw you. And by that, I mean Jack Eichel. Yeah. Your, your captain doesn't want to play with you. Your captain doesn't want to uh, be a part of this, and fine. They didn't even announce his name in introductions. I was wondering if they were going to. Didn't hear his name once on the broadcast. If you want to go out and, you know, watch Red Sox playoff games with the Boston Bruins while your team is uh, preparing for game one of the regular season, then go do that. We're going to play our brand of hockey, and whatever, we'll see you down the line. That's how I feel. And now that we're in season, I don't care. Sayonara, Jack. That's how I'm feeling. We, yeah. we, we can. The team can move on without him. It's possible. Hey, where were they with him, you know? There's there's only one way to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it's it's coming soon. Because um, I think these guys uh, can gain quite a bit of support just off of their hard work alone. Let's see the hardest working team in hockey come back. Yeah. Let's see that come back. That's all I want. I just want to see a team that, like Adam said it in his most recent press conference play for the the folks in the 300 level play with some pride like mm-hmm. if they do that if they score if they don't score you know three goals a game four goals a game like show that you care we talked about this a couple on, on one of the, our most more, more recent episodes is that uh if you're gonna lose at least score goals be entertaining right be entertaining and that that's that's the objective it seems uh, this year, and there's a winnable game. Uh, Very winnable game. On Saturday coming up. We're going. Joe and I, our first ever game. We've been friends since uh, middle school. Middle school. Yeah. We had lockers next to each other. Uh, and this is our first ever time going to a game together. The stars just never aligned. Uh, it should be, should be interesting. It should be interesting. The Sabres have a, a real chance at being 2-0. and It doesn't mean— When was the last time they were 2-0? and Oh, uh, God. Because I know maybe they won, they won the the home opener uh, two years ago. Yeah. I was there. We're sitting in Section 307, so if you see us, come say hi. If you see a, uh, a ginger-haired fellow. Look out for the ginger. That looks easy. like he can be snapped in two. Okay, uh, you're, you're looking up the 1920 schedule. Let's yeah. see if they. Well, I'm looking up hockey reference here. See, I'm designating myself the executive producer. Um, now that we have this internet, because there was a long, long period of time where they just never won their home opener. I think before the earliest I can remember them winning their home opener was the lockout shortened season. I think Steve Ott had a goal, something like that. Um, oh wow! Wait, uh, ninth, twenty nineteen twenty, they started two and zero. Would you believe that? Is that when they faced the Devils? A three one win versus Pittsburgh, and then that seven to two win over the Devils. Okay, interesting. Was the Devils game the first game? No, really. Yeah, interesting. Oh yeah, I remember that now. I think Middlestat mm-hmm. scored a couple goals in the Pittsburgh game. Yeah. So, uh, so it has been more recent than I thought. But, uh, right, no, well, let's go three, no. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, you know, it's, it's, 
like I was saying though, uh, just because you're two and zero doesn't mean you're gonna be barn burners. It'll be fun to have a two and zero start. Um, just just make it uh, respectable. You know, you know what the sad thing is, the Phil Housley and Kruger teams they would go on these good starts to start the season, and now we're conditioned to be skeptical. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this real? Are mm-hmm. they gonna collapse? Because both of those teams were at the point where, oh, you need to literally lose seventy-five percent of your games the rest of the season to miss. I think it is sustainable to work hard and play the way they did yesterday, though. I do think that's a sustainable way of of of, of playing hockey. I wanted to talk about the forecheck. Actually, I'm I'm big in that part of the game, and uh, Sabers were relentless in the middle yeah. of the ice, uh, especially the, the fourth line. Dylan Cousins. Had he not pickpocketed uh, that Montreal Canadian who was coming into the neutral zone, the Olofsson power play goal would not have happened. He reached around as if he was wielding a, a, a sickle that a farmer might use to <laughs> chop wheat in the field. Just reached right around and took it from him, uh, transitioned up the ice, and it winds up uh, in the back of the net ultimately. That, Cousins had a good game. That was the play of the night for me, uh, the one that really stuck out uh, Cousins is going to be just fine. Uh, I know you didn't watch any of the preseason games, mm-hmm. but Darlene and Cousins, I, I watched most of them. Uh, they Both of them looked a little rough, but yesterday was very encouraging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I don't put – I didn't watch preseason because, uh, one, it doesn't it, – it truly does not matter. I think uh, – I mean, the goalie race clearly mattered, but – yeah. Uh, nine nine times out of ten, hockey preseason doesn't mean anything. So I I didn't care. I uh, thought Craig Anderson looked really good yesterday. Anderson did look really. Good. You know, it you know it's really not that far fetched to say that Anderson is probably the second best goaltender we've had like in the last uh, five years, probably. <laughs> like Maybe. since since the tank, I mean Linus Allmark is probably number one. You could debate Robin Leonard, but he wasn't that. I mean, he was average here. Yeah. There's a chance, like, Craig Anderson can wind up being one of the better goaltenders we've had the last couple I, years. I know goaltending is a massive question mark, but, I mean, Anderson, he when he played in Washington last year, he was fine. Like, bring up his stats. I'm pretty sure he had a pretty admirable... Uh, season when he got the chance to play last season uh, real quick before we get into that this is something that i heard on chopin the bulldog yesterday uh craig anderson has been in the league so long that he was a teammate with phil housley wow can you believe and, uh, <laughs> that must have been the 03 blackhawks but uh that's something i heard and just thought holy moly that's crazy craig uh, and i want to touch on this I'm, I went back in the deep, dark depths of my memory here. I remember back in 2015, I wanted them to trade for Craig Anderson over Leonard. Like, before they they even made that trade, I thought he would have been a good addition. He had some good years. Um, I mean, hey, we have his stats right in front of us here. Although I I did I liked Robin Leonard more than most. Right. But, yeah. Well, that trade happened then. Uh, no, he had, yeah, he had, he had some... He had a couple of good years, two two good years. Then Ottawa fell off well, a cliff. You know what? Buffalo now mm-hmm. has the three headed monster that Ottawa had at one point: Leonard, Andrew Hammond, and now Craig Anderson. 
Uh, full circle. Last year's Anderson stats, though, he played in four regular season games, started two of those, uh, and he went two and one with a 915 save percentage. Yeah. So only a four-game sample size, but... Um, Could have been worse. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, four games in a 56-game season, I mean, I guess that's... He was a taxi squad goalie. Taxi squad goalie. But, uh, no, good good for him. Uh, you know what? If Henrik Lundqvist never had his heart condition... Anderson's probably retired. He is, yep. So it's it's quite the story, really. It's a good story. It's a good story. It, the good story continues for Dustin Tokarski yeah. because he's the the backup again. So the team, you think he gets to start versus Arizona? Mm. Uh, I, I don't. I, I, mm, I don't know. I'm if, gonna go with yes because I'm sure they're gonna try and manage Anderson's workload. I would I would assume so. I would like to see Craig Anderson again, but I would I would bet Tokarski gets well, to start. This gentleman, the Coyotes have a man by the name of Karel Vamelka. Vamelka, who is their backup goaltender. Are we gonna see him? Uh he played in the Czech League last year with Cometa Berno. Cometa. Cometa Berno had a 91 save percentage. Uh, so uh, that, that, that's, that's a pretty good European goaltender. Uh, so maybe the, the Sabres will get a a uh, 25-year-old rookie opposite uh, whoever's in that tomorrow. Will Carter Hutton and Johan Larson get a video tribute? Uh, I think Carter Hutton. They'll probably... They'll, Johan Larson definitely will. I think he was here. They'll get. They won't get a video well, tribute. He was here for three years. They'll probably get like a like a little picture on. The they'll Jumbotron. get the graphic. Thank you. Yeah. The welcome back, Johan Larson and Carter Hutton. They'll get that. You know. Video. You know what I loved in the introductions when, when RJ would like get hyped for some game. Like you know, like way back when. Jason Pominville, like with enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. Vanek, Ryan Miller, mm-hmm. Eichel, Reinhardt, O'Reilly, like the the stars of the team. Like Tage Thompson, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Tage Thompson with the greatest amount of There's enthusiasm. Power. Well, RJ was in his bag yesterday. I must say he was he was on his game. Uh, I thought the, the, the circus goal was funny because nobody knew what was happening. and <laughs> No one knew. No one knew. Because everyone was watching the the scrum. What, what was going on? Was there like a fight at the other end of the ice? It looked like something was going to go down. No one was watching the goal, though. No. So uh, I thought that was funny. It was probably the easiest goal Bjork Rover score. He just tees <laughs> off. Uh, but a very impressive start. Poor uh-huh. Sam Montembeau. Yeah, he was a waiver claim. From the Panthers, I I think he was even still wearing his Panthers mask. I couldn't. Really Did you tell. see that? I couldn't tell. Uh, it certainly looked like a Panther character on his uh, mask. So maybe I can double check that. You know what? Looking at ahead at the the schedule here for October, it's October and November. Really, it's not that terrible. You got Arizona, Vancouver, Boston, the Devils, then you got Tampa, but then you got Anaheim, LA, San Jose, Seattle, and Detroit. There are like two hard games in there. Maybe they go on a little run here. Maybe they get our hopes up high. People hop on the bandwagon. People get excited. 
And then you've got Washington, Edmonton, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Calgary to crush your dreams. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes. Will it be another hot start to the year and then you collapse? We shall see. want to touch on one thing before we get into more Sabres stuff. Uh, exciting news for the Charging Buffalo, something that's been in the works for about a year now. The Charge, our brand-new free newsletter. Make sure you're subscribed to it. Uh, there's a pop-up on our website, thechargingbuffalo.net, and you can enter in your email there so you can get the the newsletter. And I'm going to be contributing to that this season. It's going to be about two or three times a week. You're going to get all of the important information, bite-sized information, if you will, right in that newsletter, everything you need to know right then and there so make sure you're subscribed to that uh helps us out a ton also uh happy to not announce but welcome sarah holland to the charging buffalo our newest intern she's going to be having uh one minute recap videos for the week every monday on our instagram and it's going to be on our instagram tv that that's the the uh the first ever intern Right? In the history of the Charging Buffalo? I believe so. Can we put her name in the rafters? Bring it up. There you go. There we go. Uh, yes. Okay. By the way, uh, found an image. Uh, what does that say? That's that says, a Panther. That says Panthers on the crown, and that is a Canadian's jersey that he's wearing. Sam Montembeau did not have time to get a new helmet made. It looks like that. it fits, though. You couldn't even it really does. tell. It does. It's Canadian's colors. It really is. Um, you you're looking at something. Uh, no, news. apparently no. The the I was told to stay off the throughway. Well, good luck with that because of the rain. Uh, okay, we'll see. Well, side note here: the rain treacherous on our way into the studio today. That was horrifying. Uh, the rainwater, the flood, if you will. Oh God! All the way up to my front, uh, folks. My front bumper. Uh, <laughs> I I think I might be getting sick because, oh. like, getting drenched. Maybe. And being wearing a uh, soggy uh, hoodie. That's why I took my soggy hoodie off. Uh, I didn't because if somebody <laughs> if somebody walks in here and sees two shirtless dudes doing a podcast, <laughs> they're gonna have a lot of questions that I'm. Not We're right not ready answer. for those questions. I'm not ready to answer that. Uh, but, no, I'm, uh, yeah, we, we may as well mention this. Uh, we got here. Uh, I had left my house around 530 and had to pull into a parking lot because the rain was coming down so horribly. And I was terrified of having to get over on the thruway, uh, whatever one that is, um, you know, getting off of Union. Uh, and so I waited for the rain to die down. And so we eventually got here. And we're walking into the building when we get literally uh, ankle-high foot-covering puddles of rain. We are also barefoot now. Yeah, yeah, we're barefoot right now, too. Uh, I felt as though I had trench foot. I was like, this is how they got trench foot in (laughs) World War I. I felt like I was in Verdun. Uh, But uh, thankfully, there's a fan down here in the studio so we took our socks off, and we currently have our socks. Thankfully, they're different colors, so we know who's or who's, <laughs> and draped them over the fan, so they should be nice and dry when we get out of here. And we also put our shoes, because I could have wrung them out. Uh, really, just they're 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 the Forrest Gump shoes, the Cortezes, 
So uh, drenched. Well, the, the big question is how do we avoid the puddles? So yeah, we have all to work doesn't go for come nothing. up with a game plan here to how to get back to our cars. Yeah, we'll see. Also, speaking of waiver claims, uh, Axel Janssen Fialbi, <laughs> uh, former Saber for a couple of days. Never got to play in a preseason game. Got claimed off waivers in the Washington Capitals. Visa issues prevented him from playing, and then put him on waivers, and Washington snagged him back up. So, yes. Waiver claims. Unfortunate news. He would have been, oh, excuse me. Of course, with. He would have been fun. Waves of rainwater on the ground. Uh, Reminds us that, yes, indeed. Uh, Sad news. Will Borgen did not get put on waivers. Uh Looks like they're keeping eight defensemen over in Seattle. Well, Seattle with their first victory mm-hmm. on Thursday night against the Nashville Predators. What do you so. think of them? Did you watch them at all? I watched a little no. bit of their first game. It was too late. Uh, I had I I had a full work week for once where I had to get up at 7 a.m. every day, so I couldn't really stay up. Uh, plus, I've been into the baseball playoffs, so I've been watching those instead. Uh, but, uh, I mean— the consensus seems to be that they can compete for a playoff spot in for that the division. Most part. So that's what the commentators are saying. Um, but I'm sure they'll be they'll be competitive. Okay. Ha, what have you watched any of the ESPN or TNT games? I didn't watch any of the TNT games, but opening night I watched most of the Pittsburgh Tampa game, and I watched some of the Seattle Vegas game before I passed out. But it looked fine. I thought the presentation was my, pretty good. I'm happy that my initial thoughts or my expectations have seemingly been met early on. Uh, <laughs> it feels bigger on TNT and on ESPN. No, yeah. matter, no matter what you want to say about ESPN, you want to call it the LeBron channel, you want to say, well, there's apps, we get our sports news on Twitter – ESPN is still the face of sports in this country, in North America. They have everything. Like, you can go on the ESPN app, you can get ESPN Plus and literally watch every sporting event currently going on in the world. They probably have cricket on there. Uh, and it just, it, it, it feels bigger. It feels like the NHL is on uh, the big stage now. And I don't know if you saw this, but... Uh, Charles Barkley, of course, of the NBA and TNT, was on the TNT pregame because he's good friends with Wayne Gretzky and a big hockey fan, and was talking. And he 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 said he made a joke to Liam McHugh. He said, "I was watching 15 years ago when when you guys were on the Outdoor Network," <laughs> and and he and he's like, "Like look at this now." Like he pretty much said, "Now you've you've, You're on you've a real network. Now you've arrived, and it's true." Uh, Turner has really stepped up their game and. Uh, just to have the NHL, uh, well, to have ESPN, you know, um, as a partner of yours, to have TNT as partners of yours, that's big. Uh, and I did a little check Wednesday night, uh, or no, Tuesday, the first day of games, and you want to know what NBC Sports Network filled the typical NHL time slot with that day? Oof. Like boat racing or something stupid like that? (laughs) Drone racing. (laughs) Yes, drone racing. It was something stupid like that. Uh, So the NHL no longer shares a network with Dale Earnhardt's download, Mecom Auctions, 
and drone racing, which is automatically a win. They could have won on cartoon. NBC ne- Sports Network going out of, like not going to be a thing. Yeah, they're put, they're yeah. decommissioning it. Uh, but I mean, they I mean the NHL could have went on Cartoon Network and <laughs> would have looked better. Now, are they going to be having games on ESPN and TNT simultaneously on the same nights? That's my question. Oh man, you know that's if I'm if we're looking at like other leagues, I don't think the MLB has games on Fox and TBS or Fox and ESPN at the NFL same time. NFL does it though. Well, the NFL is the NFL. Yeah. Well, they only play one yeah. day a week, you know. Uh, and a lot of those like they don't they don't have a national game on at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like. Yeah, there's there's games on Fox and CBS at the same time because yeah, everybody's playing. Uh but no, like NBA doesn't do it. It'll just be I'm sure I'm sure it's in there somewhere that each uh network has exclusive games, exclusive nights. Well, now we're bringing in a new segment. The Panther Report. Cue the the angry oh. Panther. Here. There we go. There it is. There it is. Mm-hmm. So we are going to be keeping track of the Florida Panthers on this podcast for this season because, you know, the Sabres own their first-round pick. So we'll, I'm, obviously we're not going to be watching these Panthers games, but we're going to keep track of where they sit in the standings. Um and the status of that first-round pick. So everyone is in the nose. So the Panthers also started their season uh, last night. They ended up beating the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-4 to four in overtime. Uh, it looks like Sam Reinhart was held off of the score sheet in his Panthers debut. Uh, yes, he was held off the score sheet. And we're not going to give you an update on where that pick sits because it's way too early to tell but yes week in and week out we'll be updating you on the panthers the uh, panther report there we go (laughs) and just so we know as we can recall the pick is top 10 protected if the panthers pick happens to be in the top 10 which it will not be uh it will be an unprotected 2023 first round pick and another segment Back by popular demand. Oh, been cue a hot second. the music, cue the baby. Music. It's the booty cheek of the week. It's been a hot second since we've had this. Feel but... it go through ya. <laughs> it's back, and it's been. It was a tough decision for the the first booty cheek of the season. Uh, Luke, would you like to have the honor of announcing? The first booty cheek of the 2021-2022 well, season. Well, you can do it because you 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 chose it, right? I'll I'll give you the honor. Okay, all right. I'll give you the honor. Uh, the honor of the first booty cheek of the week, uh, one none other than Carter Hutton. Yes. Uh, starting goalie for the Arizona Coyotes, let in eight goals in his Coyote debut. Columbus Blue Jackets absolutely curb stomping the Coyotes by a score of eight to two. Yeah, definitely willing of being the booty cheek of the week. Good stuff there in Columbus. Uh, that organization, the opposite of a booty cheek with their raising uh, Mattis Kivlenik's number for the rest of the season, his number 80. Uh, 
uh, Elvis Merzlikens wearing number 80 last night. I think they'll make the number retirement permanent. I think by the end of the season, they'll keep that up there. Uh, who's going to wear 80 again, you know? Yeah, and plus, it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. Uh, Washington, the Washington football team is retiring Sean Taylor's number 21 this Sunday. He was killed in a robbery, so it's just the right thing to, to, to do, I think, um, to honor a fallen, sure. promising player like that. But, uh, you know, I wonder if the Atlanta Thrashers ever did that for that. Snyder. It's the Atlanta Thrashers. I mean, I yeah. guess no. Yeah, they're irrelevant. But, uh, yeah. no, very nice thing to see. Very Carter nice Hutton thing. Might still be blind. Yes. But that's a really, really a shame that we had to see this guy attempt to play hockey for this team for three years. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Not only attempt to play hockey, but attempt to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know, man. No. It's it's just painful to look back at the players that they trotted out on the ice and tried to spin it off as, oh, we're trying to compete for the playoffs. I don't know. Pain. Pain. Yeah, I don't say, uh, well, uh, maybe an on- – how about an honorary booty cheek uh, that we didn't even discuss off the air? Linus Allmark is not starting the first game of the Bruins' regular season. Jeremy Swayman is starting. From so what I hear Allmark had a pretty rough preseason. He did indeed. Uh, he had that horrible, I think what might have been overtime goal <laughs> uh, against the, the Rangers or something. But I, I'll throw Linus Allmark's name in the hat. The highest paid. To, no, the second highest paid backup in the league. Yeah. Sergei Bobrovsky's a thing. That will complete, I guess, what is our first ever booty of the week. <laughs> so. We're having fun here, folks. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. We're having fun. <laughs> uh, We're having fun. This is a lighthearted podcast. Don't take it us is. too serious. Well, who cares? Why do you got to be serious? You know, nobody wants to sit back and listen. You, you, you turn on sports. You turn on first take. Yeah. If you want to hear exactly. bog- bogus phony talk. <laughs> uh, okay. A couple of couple of notes here. Mark Jankowski, former first-round pick of the Calgary Flames in 2012, signing an AHL contract with the Rochester Amherst. He's been playing in the NHL ever since he left Providence College. I'm kind of surprised he didn't get an NHL deal, but he's heading over to Rochester, presumably to be their first-line center, you would assume. That's pretty safe, right? Do you think this move happens if Middlestat doesn't get hurt? Uh, I think if... Casey Middlestat had any, had any uh, effect on this, he would be getting an NHL deal. Mm. I feel like Jankowski will end the season on an NHL contract with the Sabres. I think I think that's a pretty safe bet. Mm-hmm. Jankowski, last year, 11 points in 45 games. That's four goals with the Penguins. Uh, 2018-19 actually had 14 goals in 79 games, and then uh, a couple years or a year before that in 1718, 17 goals uh, in 72 games. So, a uh, big ad for the Amherst. Yeah, if you go back into the deep depths of your memory, Mark Jankowski was a part of the Zemgus Gergensen's trade up back in the 2012 draft. Sabres moved up to pick 12. I don't remember what, what pick was Jankowski. He was 24? the 21st. 21st. So the Sabres move 21 and I believe a second round pick 
to move up to pick 12. No, pick 14 to pick Zemgis Gergensen. So this like goes full circle again. Sabres bring in a guy where they traded up, wow. and the, the Flames really reached on him too. Uh, I believe Jay Feaster said when it's all said and done, he's going to be the best player in the draft. Uh, Jay Feaster was wrong, and that might be evidence why he's no longer employed by an NHL franchise in a front office role, but I digress. Uh, Yeah, so Jankowski, good addition. Uh, Always good to have good depth, especially for your AHL team. I have a fascinating piece of trivia. Okay. About uh, about Mark Jankowski, his great uncle is Detroit Red Wings and Toronto Maple Leafs great Red Kelly. Wow! And this first time, uh, elite prospects list distant relative Rob Blake. Hmm. So, the Red Kelly connection uh, surprises me, though. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Is he related to? Uh... The Jankowski that was the assistant GM or scouting director here for a little bit. What's his name? Is it Ryan, not Ryan Jankowski? There is a Ryan Jankowski, his uncle. Yeah. That yeah, looked that that, that certainly looks like an executive. Yeah, um, he was with Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He did their drafting for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Sabres director of amateur scouting. Is he he's with the Coyotes now, right? It doesn't list him as employed this season. It ends at twenty twenty one. Poor guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, he probably drafted that Mitchell Miller kid, and yeah. then they let him go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, at, while we're on the topic of the Amherst, uh, I want to talk about Jack Quinn and J.J. Paterka. Uh, Quinn, for the most part, was uh, a little underwhelming in preseason. His last preseason game I watched, too, but he, he was really good in that game. Definitely an encouraging sign. Uh I'm glad they sent both of them down, especially especially Quinn. I was worried that they were going to rush both of them onto the roster. Uh, but good to see them both go down. I think they could play in the NHL. Like, yeah, you can slot them in the lineup eventually. But let them win. Let them win every night. Let them get top line, top six minutes, power play, penalty kill time. Make sure they're ready for when they do come up. But you could definitely see that Quinn is still dealing with some lingering effects of his injury last year. So I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt there. It would be cool to have Paterka up here. Quinn, I think, uh, Quinn was definitely in my book going down to Rochester. But uh, maybe you can give the the Amherst a squad like they had with Ryan Miller and, and Derek Roy and uh, Drew Stafford when they were there. Maybe, I mean, they have Uko Pekalukunen down there. So perhaps uh, you can give them that kind of um, squad. Uko Pekalukunen dropped the ball. We didn't really talk about him much on the last episode, but, I mean, his competition was journeyman, AHL guy Dustin Tokarski, and 40-year-old Craig Anderson. This was supposed to be the year where he steps up and he failed. He had a really rough preseason. I'm going to need to see some some good things out of Uko Pekalukunen this year if I'm going to be hopeful that he can be the solution between the pipes. Do you have any thoughts? No, I'm I'm, I'm not too worried. I think uh, Aaron Dell was quite a big loser in all oh, of this. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, you can wear thirty for the Amherst. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, I mean, you have to beat out Dustin Tokarski, who is about as fringe an NHL goaltender as it comes. As it comes, you're an experienced goaltender in the league, and you don't play well enough, and you get sent down. So, um, that's a big L right there for. Uh, that's that's Aaron Dell. That three L's. <laughs> that's a podcast title waiting to happen. Yeah. Come on, uh, Paterka. He looked great. He looked a lot better than I thought he was gonna be. I didn't think he was gonna almost make the team. He probably like off of merit. He probably should have made the team. He had a really good preseason, but on, from a development standpoint, sending him to Rochester was good. Mm-hmm. But you can see the speed. Uh, I didn't get a chance to watch that last preseason game in Detroit where he was, from what I hear, he was one of the better players on the ice. So that's definitely encouraging. He'll be up. I think they'll both be up at some point, especially at the end of the season. But Definitely. I would assume that Paterka will be one of the first call-ups mm-hmm. based off of Granado's comments. Yes. Okay. Uh, well, now that we're talking about prospects, it's a good time to be probably should have cued the animal noises for On the Farm, yes. our prospect segment. Uh, we're going to have our prospect guys on eventually. We haven't worked out the the details of it yet, but uh, we'll, I'll take care of it. Um, for On the Farm, where we talk about our prospects, um, I'm just pulling up our spreadsheet here. With the schedule, I believe. Oh, yeah. I've I mean, watched the first game for Michigan, Owen Power. He looked great. Very exciting. He's got five points in two games for Michigan. Uh, I believe they're facing Minnesota Duluth tonight based off of, uh, I don't know when everyone's going to be listening to this, but if you get in early, uh, make sure you watch that game. Uh, we all got... Big Ten Plus, so you can watch all of the Big Ten games there. I think it's worth the subscription. Uh, you can watch Owen Power, all those young kids on that Michigan team. Also, uh, you can watch Ryan Johnson and Aaron Huglin. I also forgot to mention Eric Portillo as well. So you can watch four Sabres prospects if you get that subscription. And also you can watch all the other Big Ten sports as well. It all comes in one, so... Worth considering if you are you know, you wanna, intrigued by the prospects. Want to check out that big uh, Purdue and Northwestern football game? <laughs> Go for it. Ryan Johnson, I didn't get a chance to watch the full game. I watched some of it, but that opening night game, Johnson had a big goal. He's got two points in two games. Imperative that the Sabres get this guy signed uh, as next year will be his senior year. So I think they'll get it done. Uh, nothing to worry about there. Uh, Sabres fans always have I'm not, I don't want to lump them all together but there's a certain sect of fans that um, think that every college player will never sign with Buffalo just because Jimmy VC didn't want to sign with them I think 10 Peterson. years ago yeah. well that's Jason Botterill's fault yeah, yeah. we can blame Jason Botterill mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, in Russia, Alexander Kisikov, he's he's on fire. Seven goals, four assists, 11 points in 11 games. Uh, Prince William von Barnakow uh, for Malmo in the <laughs> – <laughs> like that. Uh, mm-hmm. 
uh, Walt, Walt and Bill have been calling him that on their podcast. That's uh, awesome. Sabermetrics podcast. He's got some royal blood in him. Come on. Uh, he's getting the J20 league for Malmo. He's got uh, two goals, six assists for eight points in nine games. So that's encouraging to see. Uh, Jakob Konechny for Sparta in the Czech league. He's got a goal and two assists, three points in six games. Uh, Isaac Rosen, last time we were talking about freeing him, he's getting some more ice time. Uh, he's got two goals, two assists, four points in 10 games played. Uh, Philip Cedarquist, he's heating up a little bit. Uh, I want to make sure I'm reading off the right uh, column here. Two goals, two assists, four points in 10 games. Uh, I believe he was a fifth or sixth round pick a couple years ago. So that's encouraging, and he's starting to find the back of the net. Prokhor Poltsapov, he got elevated to the KHL lineup. He's played three games, hasn't found the score sheet, but from what I hear, playing very well. Uh, obviously, none of the Rochester guys have played yet. Their season is supposed to kick off pretty soon. Uh, Steven Sardarian, third-round pick, has yet to play in the US, in the USHL for Youngstown just yet. Can't forget about the goaltenders. UPL hasn't played yet, but Eric Portillo, 2-0. Uh, his he's got a 909 save percentage. Devin Levi, two shutouts. He's two and one, 963 save percentage. So we'll I'm play the animal noises one more time. Oh we, yeah, we there we go. But Just encouraging stuff uh, from the stat sheet for the Sabers prospects. Has Villami Mariala done anything? Four four games, two two assists. I forgot about the Quebec guys. Oliver Nadeau. He's having a good start. He, in five games, four goals, two assists for the Shawinigan Cataracts. Hmm. Good group of young guys there. <laughs> Exciting. Okay, and we're, we're going to close with, you know, we haven't mentioned Jack Eichel that much. Uh, there's been a nice update from Emily Kaplan of ESPN, your new, your new celebrity crush, if you will. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah. You you can say that. I can I, say it. I don't think that um no one yeah. I don't think she'll surpass Lily from No, no, from that's the right. T-Mobile commercials. No, AT and T. AT and T. Sorry. <laughs> How do you, you besmirched her name? <laughs> sorry, but yeah, Emily no. Kaplan had a nice update on Jack Eichel. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Thursday of last week, Sabres thought they were gonna have a trade, and Friday it fell through, and. She said there are five teams still in the mix, and all five of those teams are comfortable. They can fit Eichel's salary into their salary cap, and they also would be okay with having the artificial disc replacement surgery. So Vegas, they're definitely still in it. Anaheim is still being thrown out there. Calgary, who are these last two teams? San Jose has been mentioned and Evander Kane is not counting towards their salary cap right now. Is he trending towards a mutual contract termination of some sort? Possibly. But if Kane is off the books, that's $7 million. You just got to clear a little bit to fit Jack Eichel in. And I know a lot of fans would be like, when especially talking about the Ducks, like, oh, the Ducks don't want Jack Eichel. They want to go younger. Jack Eichel is 24 years old. What are you talking about they want to go younger? Jack mm-hmm. Eichel is a young superstar player. I don't, I don't get it. but You don't think the Kings um, might be I don't think squeezing so. their way back in that conversation? I don't think so, unless they're giving up Byfield. Because 
you're going to have Kopitar, Eichel, Byfield, and was Philip Deneau going to be your fourth-line center? Yeah. Well, what if it's somebody on the outside? What if, what if Dallas emerges I as I think San teams? Jose is going to be in it. San Jose thinks they're good. They definitely think they're good. Uh, they tried to get Sam Reinhart. They, the they have no choice but to try and be good. I well, mean, yeah. You look at their contract situation. They, they're going to try, and they do want to get younger. They're going in a rebuilding direction, and you can still get younger by trading for Jack Eichel. He's 24, mm-hmm. going to be 25 in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. Um, they're probably not going to want to get out William Eklund. Eichel's not going to be on – Eichel's not going to be playing, I should say, for at least like four or five more months. They can probably squeeze out giving up the 2023 first-round pick. They're not going to want to give up this year's, and I know people are going to groan when they hear that, but that's just the reality of the situation. Are we still considering Minnesota out of it? Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. Their cap situation is well beyond repair. Vegas seems to me like the clear front runner given Mark Stone's injury. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't heard anything else uh, other than he, he, he did leave the game non-contact, apparently. Which uh, is never good. Like I mean, ACL. That could MCL. be any, that could be anything from an ACL to a high ankle sprain. Yeah. I mean, Jack Eichel. We know that with Jack Eichel uh, in the 16th, second 17th, second season, third season. Right. I don't remember. Right. Uh, so we know that. So it could be any one of those. But uh, uh, non-contact typically points to an extended period of time. Yeah. Uh, and Vegas is they 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 probably need another center. Oh, most certainly. Uh, to go with uh, Mark Stone, I mean, just in general, like even with Mark Stone, uh, I don't necessarily know if there's much below him. And Can they get this it, trade done without giving up Peyton Krebs, though? Because that seems like it's their sticking point. Well, now, if it is Vegas, though, might you be able to get more out of them at the moment because they are missing one of their top players? Yeah. So, Well, hypothetically, if... Stone and Eichel come back for the playoffs. That's almost $20 million of LTIR money. They can go out and get, I I don't know how much they're going to want to part ways with for assets, but they could build mm-hmm. a $100 million team depending on how long these two guys are out. And Alex Tuck is out too. They can put him on LTIR as well. So their cap ceiling goes up a lot. Yeah. So that's interesting. I think Vegas is still the front runner. I part of me wonders does a team sneakily hop in here that no one's talking about? Mm-hmm. I think that team's Nashville. What about uh a team like New Jersey? They've got the cap space. They do and I don't think he's going to any Eastern conference team because they're gonna have to pay a lot more and I think teams are already weary to pay that as it is. Uh Lindy Ruff was on Sirius XM uh last night and his it seems the impression he has, the hopes he has is that they're going to be a competitive team. I think they should be this year. And Dougie Hamilton actually scored seventeen seconds into his first game as a devil mm-hmm. tonight. Uh, but I think, I don't know, maybe the Devils could be one of those teams um, that is kind of sneaking up quicker than we thought, and maybe they could be on it. Well, I uh, mean, they've got Hughes, Heischer, their defenses improved a lot. Mackenzie Blackwood, if mm-hmm. he's not 
too much of a distraction. Should be good in between the pipes. I got Jonathan Bernier. I I like the doubles. With I mean, with these injuries like that have been going on um, with the start of the season, wasn't Nick Backstrom just placed on LTIR as well? I believe so. I always thought that the Capitals would be a sleeper team mm-hmm. on Eichel, but seeing McMichael and now Hendricks Lapierre making their team yes. out of camp. You know what? I, I want... Prospects are easier to trade before they hit the NHL. Mm-hmm. Now they become untouchable. So I don't I don't know. I made a joke the other night that Hendricks Lapierre sounds like a pseudonym that Johnny Depp would use when, <laughs> when checking into a hotel. Yeah. But I, I love those two prospects. Mm-hmm. Washington struck gold. Lapierre scoring his first NHL goal against the Rangers the other night. Mm-hmm. Um I think I always thought Washington had what it took. Like if you Lapierre, McMichael, a couple other pieces. I would I would be very content with that. So I mean, now that this is all going on in season, right? I mean, it's spilled into the season now. There's going to be a host of other storylines that are going to open mm-hmm. up. A host of other destinations that uh, could possibly open up as well. I, like I was saying, prospects hold more hold less value, obviously, before they hit the team. Mm-hmm. Teams trading for Jack Eichel aren't going to want to most, and I want to say like 75% of them will not want to subtract from their current team. They're going to want to be good. Like if we're talking about Anaheim, they probably don't really care if they're subtracting from their team because they probably know they're not going to be competitive anyways. We're talking about San Jose probably too, but it's a complicated trade to make. I'm, and, curious to see what happens. Well, San Jose too. Another thing is, uh, they might see that that third spot in the Pacific yeah. Open. They might see that Which as a, an obtainable goal. It definitely is. Uh, and if they think that Seattle got a better team than them by default in the expansion draft, then if all you have to beat out is Seattle, then adding Jack Eichel to uh, that group could um, it could also help appease Tomas Hurdle as well, who there's a bit of contention there. So if they want to keep that uh, part of their core together, yeah. I think that could be um, a move they can make. Okay. Uh, we're going to get into our Twitter questions now. I went to Twitter. Make sure you're following Charging Buffalo and us as well uh, so you can get your questions in. Uh, first question from the Frozen 4 podcast. Check them out. Ask him when there's going to be a collaboration. You know, keep your good eye dudes, out for that. Good dudes. Keep yes. your eye out for that. Yes. We'll it's make it happening. work. We gotta. We we gotta. Uh, we're gonna test out Zoom and stuff. Um, See if it works with our programs right, here. Right. Right. Okay. Next one from Connor Helwig. Who's got the greatest chance of being a goalie of the future out of the three youngsters that are already in the in the system? I'm gonna. I think Devin Levi is going to be the guy. I'm I want to see Devin him. Levi too. I I really do. This I there's a very small sample size, an extremely small sample size, but this just has it's a good story written all over mm-hmm. it. I think Devin Levi will emerge as the number 1 out of the group. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. Mm-hmm. Mike 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 Mike. Big fan like of him. the show. I like him. With the news that Eichel was nearly traded last week, who do you think it was and who would have come back? Ooh. Mm. Also, what do you think are the Sabres' biggest draft needs for next summer? I think I 
there was a lot of smoke around Calgary last week, so I'm, I'm going to say it was Calgary. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess, like, Sean Monaghan, Connor Zary. Remember, the, remember they mentioned there was a report. Picks. There, there was a report, I don't know how long ago this was, that the Flames offered Gaudreau and Monaghan. And uh, I forget, I, I, Dreger or someone, Friedman, whoever was reporting on it, said that that, that obviously was not nearly uh, <laughs> what the Sabres wanted. I much. think that, um, I, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about. I think it's uh, that's not the whole story. I think uh, Merrick was saying maybe they're going to want to trade Goudreau, Monaghan, then Friedman poured water on it and said that the Sabres are looking for like just futures. Mm-hmm. Although, I want to bring up this question to you because I was firmly in the just give me futures, prospects, picks, and we'll call it a day. Watching the team yesterday made me think, what can we add to this group right now to make them better and more competitive from the Eichel trade? And I know most people are probably thinking that I never really, that never really occurred to me. But what can you get to make this team better? Let's say it is right the now. Flames. What about Andrew Mangiapane? I don't think they would trade him. You don't think they? I mean, I it's know. Jack Eichel though. I, I I know I know exactly what you mean. It's Jack Eichel though. But how about uh, I? I think like a Dylan Dubé, Rasmus Anderson. I really like him. Yeah, I really like it's him another a lot. Rasmus. Mm-hmm. That's true. Complete. We could bring the. We could reunite the Rasmai. I like Dylan Dubé. I think he's a he's youngish. Mm-hmm. He's around that that age. I think Dylan Dubé could be a guy that maybe maybe Mangiapane would be in it too. But I, he had a really good year last year, did he not? Yeah, he he had he has been emerging these last couple yeah. of years. Uh, what about Valimaki? I could see coming that. on. He, I mean, he, he left-handed defenseman though. We don't need that, right? But uh, I know he had had an ACL injury a couple years ago. Uh, but they have some good young players who I mean. If it is Calgary, they need to shed some cap space. I, I would assume Sean Monahan would be coming back just for the cap and change of scenery. Mm-hmm. Monahan has another year left on his deal, around $6 million. They could choose to keep him. They could flip him right away. He would fill the number one center role. Whether, whether you think Monahan sucks or he's good, he's a he's a player that people argue about. And I wouldn't go to the Rasmus Ristolainen comparison, but... Mm-hmm. He would be their number one center. Yeah. And he's a guy with name value that they could flip, get a first-round pick, and a B prospect. Mm-hmm. He The term makes him more valuable. Yeah. So I would assume that Monaghan would be in it, and they probably need to shed a little more, like $2 million. You're talking player of the Dylan Dubé, Andrew Mangiapane, uh player like that, sorry. And then you're talking about a prospect, Connor Zari. I don't think they would trade the player that they just drafted in the first round. Uh, his name is escaping me. Uh, he's going to Harvard, though. Um, sorry, folks. I'm not as much of an encyclopedia as I was before. Maybe the Sabres have sucked all of the the knowledge out of me. Luke is looking it up, though. Uh, God, give me a second. Hang on, I'm- Trying to navigate. Uh... Yeah, but they're not going to give him up. Um, I don't know if there's any other un- untouchables in the Calgary Flames organization. I don't think that uh, 
Goudreau would be in the trade at all, though. I think it would be Monaghan. Furiously looking up Calgary's prospects. Uh, Matt Coronado? Yeah, Matthew Coronado. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't think they're going to trade Matthew Coronado. And also, there's one more prospect I want to touch on here, but I don't think that the Flames are going to give him up. And that is none other than... I'm looking up his name, too. Is it Cam Wynott? No, not Ah, Cam Wynott. I was going to say Wynott. Jacob Peltier. Okay, yeah. He was a force on the Canadian World Junior team. So I don't think he – I think Zari would be the guy that comes back in the Calgary trade. Thanks for the question, Mike. Something along that – oh, the second part of his question, biggest draft need, center. For sure center and right-handed defenseman. Those are the biggest needs. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, John Krieger, what is the top reason for the cultural turnaround, early season success, and why is the answer Donnie Meatballs? You, mm-hmm. you got it right there, John. I think well, Don Granado is the biggest reason why. Don Granado talks to people like a human being. I think he's very level-headed, and uh, he's just a different kind of guy. Yeah. I, I, I honestly just think it just comes down to his personality. It's he's a just, motivator. It's how he's wired, you know. That's he's, he's like also he's, the right fit for the team that they have. He's like it's a not picking, not sticking a square peg in a round hole. You know who he reminds me of? Uh, John Cooper. Yeah. A a That's a uh, an outgoing kind of you know verbal with his team and the media. Uh, he, he's of that that ilk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dylan Mazga. Who do you think will be the Sabres' next captain? Dylan Cousins not getting an A this year. Them only giving out two A's makes me think they're going to wait a little longer. I don't know. You know what? I think it's going to be Rasmus Dallin. Really? Yep. Mm-hmm. I don't think – you know, I said Cousins in the last episode. I'm This week I'm going to say he's not in their organization yet. Okay. Well, Shane Wright. Is it Dustin Brown? Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, okay, Dustin so you mean, Brown. You mean like, like Brian Gianta, like like that, you know, where they sign the guy, make him the captain. Craig Brown, Revae. Brown is going to be a free agent. He's from the area, is he not? He's is he from, from Elm? He's not from Elm. Where is he from? Yeah, look it up. <laughs> but <laughs> Producer, look it up. Yeah, it, I think it's something like that, whether it's Dustin Brown or not. Uh, 1984 is Egan Spengler. So Ithaca. Ithaca, yeah. I, I, I can see it. Uh, what's the best way I can support the players on the ice and the effort they put in while also showing my utter contempt for the Pagulas and pos- <laughs> and contributing as little money to them as possible? Um, I would say getting ESPN Plus and watching the out-of-market, like the opposing team's broadcasts. Well, he well, let's he wants to support the Sabers without giving the Pagulas money. Yes, right. Uh, one way: buy your tickets uh, through a secondary seller. Mm-hmm. Don't buy them directly from the box office or Ticketmaster. I bought our tickets from secondary market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you want to get a jersey or something, look on eBay. Yeah, I, there's uh, plenty of ways. Or get to- a knockoff. Yeah, uh, yeah. If 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 you don't want to like directly support the team, uh, I mean, instead of 
purchasing it from the Sabre store or something. Maybe go to a, a local store. Dick's has mm-hmm. – not, they're not local, but they have jerseys. How about Lux Sporting Goods, right? Sports yeah, Obsession. I mean, ultimately, you're helping the stores. So You're helping both, mm-hmm. essentially. Just don't, don't buy from the team. Don't buy tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, John Wetton. I, what's Eichel's trade value? How has perceived trade value morphed since the summer? What's a realistic return? We kind of went over the return. Yeah, we kind of went over that. Um, I think his value has gone up a little bit with the, the Sabres releasing the medical records, though. Mm-hmm. Thanks for the question, John. And then uh, JERD926 would bring in Dylan Strome along with Andrew Shaw's contract make sense? I think absolutely this makes sense, and I think it's mm-hmm. something the Sabres should definitely look yeah, at. Yeah, if you get something, you can definitely get something else with it. So You yeah. can get Dylan Strome at a discounted rate. What does it cost? I don't know, but he's that – he would be their first-line center. He's in that age group. Uh, he's probably playing with a chip on his shoulder. And how funny would it be, talking about going full circle again, Jack Eichel goes out the door – Dylan Strom comes in, the guy that everyone was afraid would be here if they didn't finish in 30th place. Mm. Thank you all for those questions. Appreciate it, giving us some good talking points to go over. Uh, I believe that is it for this episode. Oh, Chris Baker saying, Oliver Nadeau, a goal and two assists through two periods as Shawinigan trails Halifax 4-3, to three. all power play points. Good to see him finding the score sheets still. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, again, thanks for the questions. We'll be back next week. Uh, apologies, we didn't get an episode out to you guys last week. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts, but we only missed preseason talk. Mm-hmm. Preseason talk is boring, anyways. We'll be back in full force, week in and week out. Uh, also, want to remind you one more time that this episode of the Charging Buffalo podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Download the app. Go to their website. And use code TCB to get ten free dollars to gamble on. Maybe you can win some more money. If you do, let us know. Let us know how much you walked away with. And as always, we appreciate you for listening to the Charging Buffalo Podcast. Check out all the other great podcasts on the Charging Buffalo Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. Follow our prospect content. That's going to be going in full force all season long. Curtis and Austin churning out great content for you guys at Future of the 716 on Twitter and Instagram. Also, subscribe to the Charge, our free newsletter, where you'll be getting that in your inbox two to three times a week. Just plop that bad boy in your inbox. That's what it'll be. Heck yeah. Uh, and you can follow us on Twitter as well, Joe TCB NHL. Luke is at LVKETCB. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.